1: Ballers! Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode and another edition of today in sports betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at D A L E 07 on Twitter. Make sure to go find the rest of the team, however, over at Hoop Ball Gaming. Hoop Ball Gaming. And then, of course, there's the motherboard, the mothership that makes all of this possible, and that is hoop-ball.com. So what I advise is going over to that website, checking out the free content. I always like to invite folks that are new listeners, which, speaking of, welcome in. God to have you. Old listeners, welcome back. Wipe your feet. Um, new listeners go over to hoop-ball.com get inundated start with our free stuff it's like a party you show up for the punch and cookies and you stay for the festivities if it tickles your fancy you know you just you show up for the freebies and then you kind of just move on from there right now around summer league there's lots and lots of transactions going on guys getting signed and dropped and waived and all that two-way player stuff that's all up to date as well as all the injuries on our news ticker blurb on the right hand side of the landing page. And then also, why pay 9.99 for something when you can, uh, I'm sorry, why pay more than 9.99 for something when you uh, can just lock in that price here, you know in the next five minutes because so the loyalty program that I've harped about the last couple weeks since we've uh, rolled it out, the price increase for all the premium stuffs going to go up on the 16th. So uh, if I do my math right here, what, today's the 12th? Yeah, you got four more days to cash in on only paying $9.99 for something whenever everyone else is going to have to pay essentially 15 bucks. So different packages to look at for Fantasy Pass, DFS Pass, all that good stuff. Go just browse and search and combine what it is you think you may need for your material and uh, winning your fantasy leagues or your DFS slates. We got it all. We got you covered. So I uh, want to kind of cap the whole premium talk there. Y'all know I'm not a big salesman. I try not to be. Uh, I really like to just keep these shows to the point with the content and kind of just ramble and talk about baseball. Um, That's kind of what I do on this segment. Uh, So yeah, welcome into Today in Sports Betting. We've got a hefty baseball slate that I'm going to have to kind of filter. We're going to do some filtration, kind of see what we like. We got a lot of early stuff. We got two NFL preseason games tonight. We got an abundance of summer league, and I'm going to attempt to touch on all of it, as well as maybe throw out some music, movie, pop culture references and stuff like that. So, uh yeah. I'm trying to figure out where to start. All right, let me start by saying that Washington and the New York Mets I'm not really into the you know specifically speaking this game one with the uh, well I mean we got a kid making his debut, lefty and uh Sean Nolan Marcus Stroman, you know, going for the Mets. So it's the first game of a doubleheader, so I'm really not really looking for anything in this game. So let me just go ahead and toss that to the side. And while we're at it, let's talk about some other games that I won't be talking about on the card. So that way, if you're looking for them, you can, you know, I don't know, maybe I save you some time. Um, Thinking about you. The Dodgers, the Phillies, I'm really not looking to play. Uh, Oakland, Cleveland, with Bassett and Morgan on the mound. The, look, Morgan's been pitching really well lately. He's had some more control over his stuff. If I had to say anything, I would say under nine and a half. But the steam has taken this from nine to nine and a half. Um, so you know, I I don't know if they get to double digits. Um, Oakland's bats have kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, you know, so Chris Bassett's got shutdown capabilities um so yeah let's just kind of those that's kind of like on my let's just have to watch some baseball games you know everyone's got them you know we're all fans that's why we do this you know we we love the game so much that's why we found ways to break it down further second game of the Washington New York doubleheader if Eric Fetty is in as the starter for Washington it was he was penciled in for game one but now the like I said that Rookie's making a start. Fetty gets a start here. Then I'm looking to go ahead and back the Mets in any way I can because I love to fade Fetty, and it'll be a overplay probably for me even though it's going to be a double-header game, shortened. But I like the idea of attacking Eric Fetty. Respectfully, of course. St. Louis, the Cardinals, and the Pirates, I missed on both plays last night. You know, I I just thought, actually, no, I hit one personal. You know, I I hit on the Will Crow. I talked about it yesterday's show. I hit on Will Crow's under prop. He had four. Prop was four and a half uh, strikeouts. And the Cardinals, they do a lot better against Brubaker than what they did do or what they have done against Will Crow. And then they get their boy, Will LeBlanc, I think it's will or is it wade no it's got to be wade it's definitely wade right wade lebron wade leblanc the lefty and the pirates you know they're pretty bad against the lefties sick of being upsold at gyms Fell victim to this. They got one guy, Brian Reynolds, he hits 336, um, and that's it. I mean, they got this Castro kid hitting 375, but I think he's got limited at-bats. You see more balance, more composure and cohesion in the Cardinals lineup. I think today the Cardinals only being a 135 favorite, minus 135 favorite on the money line is kind of just asinine. So I think I might just double tap for my early plays um, here with the money line play and the cards run line. You know, I I failed on the cards team total yesterday. I just kind of instantly went with Will Crow thinking that they were going to do it. They didn't do it. But the fact of the matter is they have some really good baseball numbers against the pitcher they're facing today. Against JT Brubaker, as a team they hit 358, and this is in 67 at-bats. 238 number uh, the number of pitches he's thrown against this lineup. Uh, One base percentage, 403. Slugging, 627. And the ISO is a 269. So power and extra bases. I mean, Nolan Arenado alone in four at-bats, he's got three doubles and four hits, one home run. So everything is going for extra bases with Arenado. I think Arenado against JT Brubaker is just a tremendous tremendous look here and then in early exposure with only three at bats and and i like this edmundo sosa kid for the cardinals he's a nice young talent two hits and three at bats so i mean early limited exposure it's always encouraging to see a batter see a guy you know in comparison to tommy edmund who's got three hits and 11 at bats and only let's see He's got zero walks and he's got two strikeouts, so he just does not see the ball well. And then an early exposure for uh, Tyler O'Neill, six at bats, one hit. So I'm looking to fade O'Neill, Bader, Tommy Edman. I'm looking to support guys like Dylan Carlson, who's got three hits and seven at bats. He's got a double three runs, two walks, only one strikeout, 143 ISO, 494 Woba. Look, Nolan Arenado and Mundo Sosa, maybe Paul Young. Yeah, he's a great defensive player, but Yachty, he's got four hits and six at-bats, a lot of singles, I would say. Uh, he doesn't have any doubles or triples there. But Dylan Carlson, Yachty, and Mundo Sosa, Nolan Arenado – That's a decent little uh, four-man stack against Brubaker um, and some DFS if you're asking for my opinion. So I think that's where I'm going to leave this game. Uh, I'm going to probably dig in a first five thingy-majig that might make it into the wager pass. But as of right now, I'm happy with um, the cards minus 135. I'm happy with uh, the cards run line at minus 1.5 at plus 125. And again, I was also looking at the under at first. It was it's nine and a half, and it's getting shade of minus one fifteen. But I don't want too many eggs in my Easter basket to start the day. Um, I don't want them all to explode on me, and then me just have to walk around with nasty egg on me the rest of the day. So this game's on MLB Network, so it'll be a fun game to watch. St. Louis Pittsburgh, twelve thirty-five p.m. All right, okay. Make sure I don't have any other one, two, three games, one, two, three clock games. Oh, yeah, the Cubs and the Brewers. Brewers Cubs, they play at 220 Eastern. Seven and six is Brandon Woodruff's record. He's a right handed hurler. 2.23 ERA. Sub three is always good. Sub two and a half is usually spectacular. Kyle Hendricks. 13-4 and four on the year, 3.68 ERA. He is the steady force, wind blowing 8 miles per hour out. It's humid. It's partly cloudy. It's 86 degrees in the friendly confines. Milwaukee owns the Cubs this year. Uh, you know, just put it the way it is. It's Rafael Ortega, kid, though, 371 against righties this year. But then you've got 205 for Willie Contreras, Bodhi hits 194, Hap hits 176, 195 for Alcantara, Schwindel, 261, which is a drop from his 323. And then note his limited at-bats and exposure here because he's getting some burn with the rest of these young cubbies after the trade deadline and people were gone. Patrick Wisdom, only guy seeing an upgrade other than Ortega in his hitting department. Well, that's not true. Uh, Dykeman, which is a top prospect that the Cubs got back in those trades. I love this Dykeman kid. Uh, 118 is his average on the year right now. He gets an upgrade against righties though. So watch out for his buck 25 average. Hmm. 125 against righties That's nice. Just kind of rolls right off the tongue. Team totals. Look, I-, I gave up on Milwaukee team totals a long time ago. Their offense is just too small ball and too unpredictable when they're going to pop with all those homers. Um, They scored a crap ton of runs last night against the Cubs, blanking them 10-0. Wouldn't be shocked if today was a 2-0 game. uh, And the Cubs win. Like, you know, it's just, I say the Brewers own the Cubs, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, you got your best pitcher on the mound and Kyle Hendricks and anything can happen. So, what I might look at here, I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, exposure or history with the Cubs going up against Woodruff because there's a lot of new faces. And look, the guys that have had experience against them, the guys that I just said are really bad against righties, uh, Bo, Bodie, Hap, and Contreras are a combined Let me do some quick math here. 32, 42. 42 at bats and eight hits. So I'm not going to try to do the percentage math in my head right now, live and during recording a podcast. I can do some basic scratch math and add some stuff up, but I'm not doing those percentages. But 42, uh, eight hits. So that's what. Mm. Man. Yeah, there you go. Y'all figured it out. I mean, it's not good. It's not good. So, And those guys are the ones that have the most at-bats against Brandon Woodruff. So, with that being said, I don't think that the Cubs offense gets going anytime quickly or soon in this game. You've got, on the flip side, guys like Christian Yelich, Avisel Garcia, Colton Wong, obviously formerly with the Cardinals, so he's very familiar with Kyle Hendricks. You know, Jace Peterson's got three hits and twelve at bats, four strikeouts, though. Yelich, 14 strikeout or 13 strikeouts in his 35 at bats, nine hits, four walks. Look, so I mean it's either you gotta support the under, I think, because the offenses are gonna struggle with the pitching in the first five. I, I like the under four and a half in the first five. It's getting minus one twenty shade. Courtesy of mybookie.ag, where you can bet, win, and get paid. Sponsor of the show. Use promo code hoopball. You know, and then, man, I mean, the Cubs got their ace. And if they just get a couple of good at-bats and scratch like a couple runs across early, they could collapse late in the game this plus 160 cubs first 5 money line is calling my name. I don't know why. I know it's not a smart play and it's a play that I probably won't go with. But, you know, it's not something I'm turning my nose away from completely. Cubs run lines only getting plus 110 for the full game. So, I mean, that's saying something. And it was only plus 110 on the first 5. So, OK, I think we're moving out of the afternoon or I'm sorry, the early you know, afternoon kind of games into the four o'clock schedule. This four o'clock block is something that I'm really excited for. Like I said, that 310 game, the game two of Washington and New York, keep an eye. And if Eddie is starting that game, I would say go mash and hammer the New York Mets team total. You might be lucky to get it at a three and a half or a four would be my guess. Um, maybe they set it at a four and a half because of Fetty, but sometimes honestly, look, I just don't think that the odds makers are up to the complete savviness that we are in the grind and like finding the minute details and whoever it is that does really well against pitchers. I mean, sure. There's certain glaring things that stick out and, you know, a certain team usually owns a guy in Vegas. We'll take that into account, but for the most part, they're not going to know and be as savvy as we are player by player, you know, just getting this concentrated effort, you know, from the content creators out there is, you know, so, you know, I, I just think that we can outsmart them. Um, this Detroit-Baltimore game, I got some torn feelings on this one because, well, I love to support Detroit lately. We did yesterday. We won two out of the three bets. The bet we lost was... Uh, Over nine and a half, I believe it was, or over ten, it did not hit because, well, Baltimore didn't hit. Um, Baltimore, I think, only scored two runs. The Detroit Tigers scored five, and they pitched really well, and they played really well defense. Or really, (laughs) wow. Let me let me try to learn how to talk. You played really good defense. Orioles have lost at least five in a row in their last ten. They are two and eight. At home, 17 and 36. They're actually better on the road. Detroit. Mm. They just got such a bad pitcher going for them today. Wind's blowing out. It's humid, 95 degrees. And then you got John, mother-loving means, put some respect on my name, means, on the mound for the Baltimore Orioles. He's a lefty. The Tigers love to hit lefties, but look, they're out with Bado- or Badoo's out. Derek Hill, my new, my new baseball crush. I love this player. Love this player. Uh, rib cage contusion for him, though. Uh, Urias, questionable for the Orioles, so their starting shortstop might be out. The Orioles get a downgrade against righties. The only guy that does anything against righties is Cedric Mullins, and that's because he's atop the AL leaderboards in just about every offensive category. This guy needs to – they need to build a – look, Mullins, Hayes, I think Mancini's a little overrated. You could get some good return for him. But with Hayes and Mullins, and if Mountcastle could ever stay healthy all the way, I think that's a good young three for Baltimore. But you definitely don't want to give Cedric Mullins up, but it sucks that he's stuck in this logjam muck, you know, of a Baltimore team trying to figure out where their rebuild's going. Uh, Urias, the only other batter that hits over 300, and he gets a significant upgrade. 272 is his normal average. He hits 320 against righties, but again, he's questionable. Sore right leg. Not sure what that's from. Could have been from just a weird slide or something like that. But Severino goes do, uh, down below the Mendoza line from his 232 average against Rioties. He uh, also is joined there by DJ Stewart, who hits 193, which is also a sub Mendoza line hitter to begin with. Uh, this, you know, on his season numbers, Richie Martin, 188 as a hitter this season, which he hasn't had a lot of exposure with injuries recently. He's been getting more play in the infield, but against Rioties, 222. Hey. Zach Short, 146 against lefties. Hopefully they platoon him out today. Eric Haas, 321, baby. Let's get the Haas going, the Haas-baz. Willie Castro, 272. He gets an extra 60 points on his batting average against lefties. Victor Reyes, hopefully he's not in the lineup, but with how banged up these guys are, uh, I assume that he probably will be. But look, Miggy Cabrera, he's getting the 300 average up against the left-handed pitcher. He hit 499 last night. I just want to go out and say that we're going to see Miggy hit 500 tonight. And I want to send him all my positive vibes and positive energies. And I hope he reaches that milestone because he's been one of the most just awesome, solid, fun, caring, and loving just players in the majors for so long now. And uh, he's a wonderful veteran to have in the league. And uh, you just got to kind of appreciate things like this. And uh, getting to see a guy hit his 500th home run is very special, you know more and more guys are doing it as we get into the 22nd and 23rd century which is just a weird thing to think about but like uh yeah it's um you know baseball's getting older (laughs) like all of us are and miguel cabrera is awesome and that's where i'm leaving that robbie grossman 271, he gets an upgrade from his normal average. Then you got Mr. Jonathan Scope. There it is. I want a scope, baby. Wash your mouth out with some scope. 364 against lefties. Look, I love John Means. I love him. And I've done my fair share of shit talking against him. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm not looking to go against John Means anymore. 60% of the money is on the Tigers, though. They're plus 125. They have a better hitting advantage I originally was just looking to play the under because it swelled from an opener of nine and a half all the way up to 11. 11 was getting shade of minus 120 to the under. I took the under. Now it's come back down to 10 and a half. 10 and a half is getting minus 115 shade. So I think I'm ahead of the market on the total. And honestly, look, I have got to back the Tigers. I just love them right now. Baltimore even though they're going up against a crap right-hand pitcher, I don't think they got it in them. And then also, if John Means doesn't go seven or eight innings, that Baltimore bullpen, I'm sorry. Even if the bullpen gets involved with two outs in the sixth, that's still too much. Still too much. Over 4.5 on Detroit's team total. You know what? I've been missing a lot more on the team totals lately, so I'm going to pull back from overloading on this game. And I'm looking I really just want to back the Tigers for the first five and the full game, but I can't with the pitching match. Look, Matt Manning perhaps has some positive regression coming. John Means He's only, I think this is just his third start coming back from the IL. So he's got ebbs and flows to go to, maybe. I hope not because I love him and he's a talented arm. But look, as of right now, we're going to roll with Detroit full game money line because I can still enjoy some good outing by John Means. And. Then when the Orioles bullpen comes in, then yeah, let's go Tigers. Lost Tigres. If you're in the Discord chat, that's what we refer to them as because they are just animals. We we love them. Uh, The Tigers have been phenomenal over the last two or three weeks. And look, you just listened to a podcast, have like a 10 to 15-minute heartfelt breakdown on the Detroit Tigers and Baltimore Orioles game. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's good or bad for you. I mean, I think it's good because I've been hitting a lot of my Detroit and Baltimore plays. So, I mean, if if you win, you win. So, that's all you should care about, right? Drew Rasmussen. Tanner Houck. Huck. Is it Huck or Houck? H-O-U-C-K. I think it's Huck. Huck Finn. Tanner Huck Finn. He's a righty. He's 0-2 on the year. 2.46 ERA. I think that's telling. He hasn't had a lot of offensive support. He was making starts uh, when this Boston lineup was banged up, when the Boston lineup was not producing. Um, Christian Vasquez is already out. He's on the bereavement list. So whatever's going on with him, of course, we want to be thoughtful on his behalf and hope that him and the team are going going. Well, you know, we don't want any bad energies or vibes for them. Hopefully, um, you know, and then to couple that with Alex Verdugo being on the paternity list, you know, there's a congratulations in store there. So uh, with the right-handed hitting or right-handed pitching against the Rays, them hitting it, they're just like I tried to attack it yesterday and... I don't know if y'all watched this game yesterday or saw anything that happened, but this game was drunk by the first inning. This game was the guy in the stands with nacho cheese on his lap and his khaki cargo shorts, his belly kind of hanging out the bottom of his shirt, and he's got a beer bottle or can on each side of him in the cup holder's He's got one of those sun hats, you know, like the round ones with the strings, kind of pulled over his face. He's got sunglasses on. His forearms are all beat red because he's been drunk sleeping in the sun since the first inning. That was this game, yesterday. And then the then he misses the walk off, uh, home run or you know whatever, like that. That guy is what this game was yesterday. The Red Sox won twenty to eight. 20 to 8. I will repeat. 20 to 8. For you math majors, that's 28 combined runs. That's a football score. The last five games for the Red Sox have been set at a total of 10 or higher. I'm sorry for the Rays. And they've gone over that every time. It was 10 and a half last night. At first glance, I wanted something to have in this game. And the numbers are telling me something. Like they are. They're speaking to me. I'm trying to hold off and I'm trying to just like be disciplined and talk myself through this one. So, starting out under 10 was the opening number, and it, it was getting the shade, you know, it was getting more of the minus 115 treatment. But now the total is at 11, and that's getting a minus 120 shade. I think that these starting pitchers actually do better today. Uh, Rasmussen, don't know how long he's going to go. Huck, you know, he's had some really good starts. Like I said, he just hasn't gotten lucky. So maybe he gets lucky today. Not a lot of exposure for any of the bats um, against the pitchers and vice versa. With five straight overs, I think it's time for an under to come and play just based off the law of average and probability, you know. And one thing else I wanted to point out. The Red Sox were at a minus 130 number. It's come all the way down to minus 110. I don't think that's all specifically tied to Christian Vasquez being ruled out. But he is a good, important part of their offense. I originally was going to have Boston minus 130 on my card, but I am now moving that off. I just don't like that 20-cent jump. It makes me feel a little icky. So yeah, let's speed up because I got to get to other things. I'm talking to you like it's your fault or something. Texas and Seattle. It's Fade faulty Day. Yesterday was Fade Harvey Day. Today's Fade Fulty Day. Mike Fultinevich, that is the Texas Rangers right-handed hurler with a 2 10 record, 2 10 record, 5.77 ERA. Then you got Marco Gonzalez starting for the Seattle Mariners which makes this a little more challenging because I don't like backing Marco Gonzalez. So we're going to break this down, and we're not going to like what we find because I was starting to dig into fade faulty day yesterday. I don't know if we're going to get to fade faulty today. I don't think we're going to get to. I think we're going to have to figure something out. Texas run line last night worked. I said it was going to be a close game. You listen back to yesterday's episode that came out that. That played out really, really well. um the Mariners against the spread they're sixty three and fifty this year, thirty and twenty six at home but look, they have their issues against Fultonevich. It's odd. There's not a lot of exposure. I mean, there's guys like Abraham Toro, which I might just look at Abraham Toro, maybe, who's come over to Seattle. He's joined up, and in his first two hits against, or his first two at-bats against Fulty, he got two hits with a run. 500 ISO. You know, very small. But then you got Dylan Moore. Seven at-bats, only one hit, two strikeouts. Three RBIs because he hit a home run. J.P. Crawford, three for 16, 188. Three strikeouts. Ty France, three for 11, 273. Then you've got Kyle Seager, who arguably could be the Mariners' best hitter, you know, their franchise guy. Three for 14 fourteen, two fourteen average. You've got Jared Kalinick, who started his young career 0 for 3 against Folty. You got Jake Bowers who's one for five. Mitch Haniger, two for seventeen with five strikeouts. I can't believe it, but it's not Fulty butter. Uh, I I just can't fade Fulton today. I, I mean, I can't ignore those personal matchups. If, with baseball, if you just don't see a guy and you don't feel comfortable with how you see it coming off of his hand, then you just, you know, you don't feel it, you know? And from what these numbers are telling me, I mean, as Mike fulton were we're talking about. But he's kind of owned the Mariners. The Mariners team total set at four and a half. It's getting heavy shade, heavy juice of minus 140, under nine, minus 120 for the full game. Texas Rangers on the run line. It's it's the same as what the Mariners are. Yeah, minus one and a half. I'm sorry, minus 110 for plus one and a half for Texas, minus one and a half. Seattle, the favorite, minus 110. I mean, it's the exact same thing. And like I said, Seattle's not rolling out a stud pitcher really either. The first five, I already took the Rangers on a full game run line. Look, I just, there's no value in it for me. I know how bad folti has been, but look, I mean, the, I think a lot of Seattle betters are just going to get let down. You know, Fulte, sure, he had a rough start his last time out again, but he actually looked better. Like, he got more guys out. He went deeper. He got more strikeouts. I was sweating my Folti under strikeouts prop. And actually, I think he might have hit it, to be honest. So, um, this is a tough one. This is. I ain't even going front. Let's just uh, stand pat with that uh, Texas run line play. Just because Seattle could struggle for a good chunk of this game offensively. They did last night. And I think these two ball clubs, their inefficiencies are just maximized because they're so bad offensively. Marco Gonzalez, a lefty. The Rangers typically don't do that great against lefties. Andy Ibanez, Charlie Culverson, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Uh, Kiner-Falefa actually does not do that well against lefties. Uh, I mean, Nate Lowe hits 255, but other than Andy Ibanez is 340, you ain't getting much. Charlie Culverson, he may not be in the lineup today. I'm not seeing a projection for him. But, uh, yeah. No. Nah. Abraham Toro hits 186 against Rydies. So look, that I said I liked him because he's got good numbers so far against Rydie, or against faulty. But overall, his general work on this year against Rydies has been pretty garbage. So I think I, I got to just kind of stay away from most of this game, which sucks because it's fade faulty day. So Blind Squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Should I talk about the Field of Dreams game, or just should I just leave that out? Like, I'm talking in order of uh, time starts, so uh, let's talk about it. So, look, I'm just going to go ahead and take Lance Lynn and the White Sox in the first five. Lance Lynn was supposed to start yesterday. The White Sox are heavily favored. Um, Andrew Heaney is pitching. Uh, this was supposed to be another pitcher for the Yankees also. But uh, the total went from 7.5 to 8.5 once it was found out that Heaney was going to be pitching. I don't understand why the Yankees traded for Heaney. It makes no sense to me. I think it's dumb. And I think the White Sox pretty much just own this game. They had a rough series against the Twins. I think the Twins just match up against them. It's uh, philosophical uh, differences or, you know, like uh, matchups essentially with those ball clubs. Rocco Badali, you know, he's not my favorite manager, but I think he knows how to manage uh, within the division pretty well. So I think you just saw a little bit of a buzzsaw and a team take a ebb and a flow. But this is going to be amazing. Um, we're getting a Field of Dreams game. Like, it's – I, I kind of got goosebumps. You know, I'm looking at the White Sox uniform, right? They got Lance Lynn in the old Sox, probably 1900s, if I'm not mistaken. Just white stockings, type uniform, simple pinstripes, big socks lettering, standing in front of the cornfield. And I have goosebumps. So that's amazing. You know, this is just going to be great. Labor Torres is still out indefinitely. Um, then you look at the right-handed pitchers going up against the Yankees hitters. No one hits three hundred. No one hits 300 or better. 260, 271 is the highest mark, and that's a downgrade for Aaron Judge's 279 on the year. We see more balance for lefties, or I'm sorry, for the White Sox against lefties. They are a lot more skilled with their on-base percentage and on-base plus slugging, OPS. Sebi Zavala, though, against lefties, I hope they platoon this guy out. Hopefully, I can get a different catcher in there today. Maybe Zach Collins get a go with his power. So, Tim Anderson, he's a good uh, ball player. Luis Robert hits 381 against lefties. Andrew Vaughn hits 318. Eloy Jimenez, before he was hurt, he liked to hit lefties. So, I think the White Sox in the first five is just a good basic easy way to play this game i want to just watch this game and enjoy it because it's going to be phenomenal i mean it's like i said it's the field of dreams game i mean it some of y'all may not think it's as cool as i am but like you know it's i remember being very very young watching this movie on a old dusty vhs tape so i just like it you like what you like Toronto and Los Angeles. I'll be really brief here. Really brief. Um, Jose Barrios making his debut for the Blue Jays. The Angels got Shohei Otani pitching. He's six and one on the year, two point nine three RA. The totals eight and a half. Um, there's been some shading lost. It's at minus one ten, but over eight and a half. When I placed this bet, was at minus one twenty. And look, fact of the matter is you got a guy making a debut for a team that he's not played for before. He is a good pitcher, but then you also have all this offense around him. And then Los Angeles, the Angels of Anaheim, they also have some pretty good hitters. But they also have one of the worst bullpens in all of Major League. So... Obachet, questionable. That kind of stinks. You know, if he's out, that hurts. Max Stasi is doubtful, which he is a, a good hitter for them against righties. One of the better hitters they got him and Phil Gosselin. Um, so look, more hitters for the Blue Jays. Better offense for the Blue Jays. So I want to take a look at the Blue Jays first five. It's getting even money. Plus 100. Easy peasy. Bet a unit, win a unit. Let's bet 100, let's win 100. Collect 200. Over eight and a half. Done. Make that easy. Colorado, San Francisco, your man Marquez, Logan Webb. Look, San Francisco at home, first five. Run line, it's the half run. Hoobla, minus 0.5. So that minus 110 odds. The Rockies are a terrible road offense, like I talked about yesterday. We won under their team total of 3.5. We won under 5.5 on the first five total with the Houston Astros-Colorado game. And I think today's narrative is a bit of the same. This game is going to be 60 degrees. Um, It's going to be brisk. It's going to be cold. A lot of love is going to the Cardinal. Can I talk about the right game, please? The Rockies getting some support in regards to run line. Their juice there is minus 125 at plus one and a half. Their team totals at three. Getting some heavy shade of minus 120 on the over. Not really looking to mess with that. Look, Marquez is a great pitcher. He's been phenomenal for them this year. On the road, at home. uh, I mean, he is... A stabling force for them. Logan Webb been really good for the Giants also. And I've got them at a first five advantage. Four is too small for me on the first five total. If it was four and a half, I would play it perhaps, but four is just a little too small. I may look at a no run first inning. I missed yesterday on the San Fran, Arizona game. Uh, That was my one that I played, but San Fran, you know, and I don't know if they're the culprit. I mean, they gave up the run first, but then they also scored a run. But uh, 62 degrees, it's going to be cold. I don't think the, I mean, quite literally, and I said this yesterday, quite literally, the offenses are going to have to warm up. 10 mile per hour wind out though. So I get a little pause there. But um, overall, I really like the no-run first inning. Uh, In the backtrack, I like the no-run first inning with the Milwaukee and the Chicago game, too. Forgot to mention that. And just with how bad the offenses are, no, I'm not doing it. It's Marco Gonzalez and Fulton Avich. Those pitchers are terrible. No, 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 no. Definitely not doing it. And my bookie has Eric Fetty in for game two for the Nationals, just so you guys are aware. Props aren't open on it yet, but when props open, make sure to get the team totals, get your player props. Michael Conforto does really great against Fetty. Uh, Pete Alonzo could probably have a dinger today. So check that out. No run first inning for The San Francisco game. I'm just trying to find it. Sorry. Yeah, and then I'm going to back San Francisco early. Looking to back them early. Um, I'm not really looking to play Cincinnati or Atlanta. Gutierrez, Moeller. These guys are still kind of feeling themselves out in regards to pitching. These club. I mean, this game went to extra innings last night. An exciting. Uh, top of the ninth, two-run shot, I believe it was, maybe a three-run shot to tie the game by Joey Votto. And then the Braves ended up winning 8-6. We were actually on Cincinnati's money line at plus 105 yesterday. Uh, Then we were also on their team total over 4.5, which that hit, obviously. And then we also were on over 9.5 in the game, so that hit. Um, But tonight, it's going to sedimentize a little bit. It's going to be a little bit weirder. And I'm not looking to play this one too, too much Cincinnati against lefties. They're still getting guys in like Moustakas, who's a lefty killer, but he's still just trying to get ramped up full speed coming off the IL San Diego, Arizona, U Darvish Taylor Widener on the mound pitchers duel. Like, I think this could be a pitcher's duel. Uh, It's just hard to say with San Diego's offense and Arizona's bullpen. But fact of the matter is you Darvish, He's pretty talented. This Taylor Weiner kid, he gets his control under control, and uh, he can have some games. He has have some good games. So, like I said, that that's just kind of more or less a baseball opinion. I'm not looking to play that game, but I felt I should address each game on the card. I felt that it was important to do that. There's two NFL preseason games tonight, and I'll talk about one because one actually has a game right up on it already. And it's the free play from our guy, Joe Campese. So make sure to check out that stuff over at Hootball Gaming on Twitter or get yourself some premium and come over into the Discord. He just posted it in there. That's what it popped up on my screen. That's how I know not to talk about it. (laughs) So go follow Joe on Twitter as well. And uh, he is at Joe Sif. Here, hold on. He's got a couple of weird things in there, so I just want to make sure I get it correctly. Joseph, traditional spelling, and then it's all caps BXT, and then it's going to be back to lowercase R-A-D-E-R. So it's Joseph B X Trader, BXT capitalized. Go follow our guy. Go follow our guy. He just put out an impeccable, impeccable, article for the Wyndham Championship coming up, the free golf content. How can you be mad about that? He's hooking you up with some preseason football stuff. He's a football guy. He just dropped a Power 5 conference preview article. Yes. So follow him. Follow his work. And as in regards to the other preseason game tonight, Let me get my line loaded. And look, I want to say this with at least a couple grains of salt. I am not a huge, 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 huge NFL guy. I'm a huge NFL guy. I just, you know, I am savvy. I play a lot of fantasy football. I do a lot of DFS. I obviously have this podcast. I love football but I don't love the NFL as much as I used to a few years ago. I love college football. That's just the way it is. With that being said, my insights are not going to be as deep as the Rosenthal's and the NFL Network guys and then even some of our own guys uh, you know, here on the team. So I want to just say that I think that unders are probably a good way to start. You got vanilla offenses. You got a couple of good defenses in this Pittsburgh and Philadelphia game. Pittsburgh's going to be looking to get their new running back some touches, I would guess. Jalen Hurts is going to be going for the Eagles. And look, this is the very first action of preseason. If y'all have listened to the show for a little while, or at least a couple times, you understand that I love my data. I love my proof and my pudding. I love my numbers. I love my market values. I love being able to see what we're looking at and seeing that fruition and everything. There's heavy shading to both team total unders of 17 and a half but yet the under is getting minus 105 treatment. Like I said, I'm looking to play the under because it's the first week of preseason, the very first reps for these guys, live action. And I think that, you know, it's going to be a matter of just getting rolling. I didn't watch a ton of the Hall of Fame game, but look how rusty those guys are. Uh, It's just the way the game goes. So look, let me be brief. I know I've kind of kept everyone here longer than what I thought I would, but under 36 because I think both these teams want to look to run the ball. I think they want to get their offensive line some run package reps and then like I said, the vanilla offenses are going to be out there. So, under 36 and I you know, I would play comfortably. Like I would just play blindly the unders in every game for this first week. And just, I'm going to track it. I want to see what it does because that would be interesting. So, and then there's lots of short, short favorites, short underdogs. I mean, we're seeing very, very close lines, very close lines because they know both teams aren't going to be able to score really. I mean, look, I mean, it's for Pittsburgh and Philly, it's Pittsburgh plus one Washington, New York or New England. I'm sorry. It's a pick Tennessee, Atlanta. Tennessee, plus 1. Buffalo, Detroit. Buffalo, plus 1. Dallas, Arizona. Dallas, plus 1. Miami, Chicago. Miami, plus 3.5. Denver, Minnesota. Denver, minus 2.5. Cleveland, Jacksonville. Cleveland, plus 2.5. New Orleans, Baltimore. New Orleans, plus 2.5. Look, you get the drift. Like The biggest one is Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, and that's a six-point spread. I'll let you figure out who the favorite is. So, look, it's uh, it's a wild time going on right now, y'all. It's ramping up. So, we got that baseball covered. We got the NFL covered. Let me briefly gloss across some of these uh, summer league games. I know I really like Charlotte today. Um, They are the favorite. I just love the young talent that they have. They killed the draft this year, and I think they have more young, talented depth uh, than the Spurs do. Like, the Spurs are kind of top-loaded, you know. They don't have a ton of depth. Um, So I'm just looking for Charlotte to get out and run. I mean, they're going to let their young guys go. They made some great draft picks this year, and I'm looking forward to watching them. This game's at 3 Eastern today, 3 p.m. So I love that game. That's gonna be a fun one. Then Chicago and Minnesota will be interesting. Look, the way they're scheduling the games today, we got three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. They're one hour staggering all these games. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, so I think you know what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna roll with Charlotte minus one. Cause it's got minus 110 odds, and uh, I'm gonna rule out that extra dime that it costs to play the money line. So, real brief, brief, briefly, I'll share some opinions on maybe some other games, real quick. That just you know, I'm not again, summer league basketball, not my huge forte. Uh, tonight we get Houston and Toronto, that'll be a probably really good game. Uh, Jalen Green, obviously, Sagun going for Houston, the top two draft picks for them. Philly and Atlanta play, so that will be exciting. That's the 9 o'clock game, Atlanta, plus 140. Um, Look for them to win. I think Atlanta's trying to make some noise in the summer league, led by Sharif Cooper, because he's got a big old chip on his shoulder. He's got half a spud on his shoulder for getting dropped in the second round the way he was. Phoenix and Denver, you know, uh, Phoenix, they just got winning nature in their blood, so I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Phoenix is an underdog wins tonight. Summer league is so weird, you know. It, it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing, beautiful culmination of just like this talent that we've either forgotten about or talent that we <laughs> this sounds bad that we will forget about once you know they go to the is it G League now, D League, D G League the miners, <laughs> the farm system. You know, and it, it's, it's the way basketball goes. But uh, Orlando and Boston would be another interesting one. Uh, a lot of young guys over there on the Orlando side that I like. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's been leading the Boston point guard unit. So Indiana and Portland, uh, both these teams got some, you know, changes that happened this offseason. So I think that with – the lack of too much data and lack of too much know-how on all this summer league stuff. I'm gonna leave it to the professionals on our team, our guys. You know, I made a play. I like Charlotte, like I said, just because of well, I I watched them just kill that draft. That was a that was impressive. And then I got a, like a little bit of a lean on uh, over 171 and a half on the Houston-Toronto game because look, you got Malachi Flynn for Toronto, very capable point guard, very savvy. Houston. They got all those first-round draft picks. They got Jalen Green, explosive scorer, the number two pick. So they got Seguin, a really good offensive rebounder. And uh, look for Toronto to you know, make some noise this summer league, I think. So with that being said, I think I covered a nice little bevy of topics. There's been a while since I diversified my portfolio, so I apologize on my unorganized long-windedness. So thank you for bearing with me and being patient. And again, thank you for listening to the content first and foremost. That is uh, you know, it makes me feel good. It does. It does, you know, not to have like a big old heart to heart here, but we appreciate all of it. and uh, everything that's happened with hootball and today in sports betting and just myself and my career here as a curator and sports writer and everything else that I do, you know, is just possible because of y'all. so. I do appreciate it. With all that said, I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies, positive alike. And I hope that your uh, day is safe and that you're healthy. If you uh, need something taken care of, I hope it happens for you today. Make sure to do something nice, do something kind to someone, uh, for someone. And uh, just ultimately be safe out there, y'all. Please be safe. That being said, today in sports betting is out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.